ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. Today I speak to my Italian friend Massimo. He seems quite shy in this recording, but he's actually a funny and spontaneous person. I recently spent a weekend away with him and was intrigued when he collected a bunch of herbs, made a bundle of them and burnt them. It was then that I realized that I had to get him on Meet Me in the Field and find out what makes him tick. This podcast is supported by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. This is Massimo's story. Sit back and enjoy. Massimo, welcome to Meet Me in the Field. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you. Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) A bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing to be nervous about. It's just me. You spoke to me before. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so as as you know, I don't bite, so that's cool. <laughs> Listen, yeah, um, so you are now in a wonderful new place in Musenberg. But are you from Italy? Yeah, originally from Italy. Are you first generation South African? First generation in South Africa, not South Africa. Okay. So you are not South African yet? Not yet. No. Okay. How long have you been in South Africa for? 13 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was 2005 about. 2005. Precisely. And what brought you to South Africa? Uh, <clears throat> I think after my studies in Italy, I used to live in London, then I moved back to Italy. And I was studying in Italy, printing and art. And yeah, it was a bit small for me, Italy. Though I didn't see opportunity, the economy was going down. And uh, I just decided to come and visit a friend of mine here in South Africa that is also from the same city and village okay. that I'm from. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what did you study? Printing is basically expert in printing and graphic art. Okay. Mm. So what the hell are you not doing in that field? <laughs> the original idea was to combine a bit music and visual art, uh, like multimedia. Okay. But I think when I was signing up for the school, I signed up not for exactly for the school that I meant to sign up for. Okay. So it was more technical and less creative school. But I decided to stick to it because my idea was to nevertheless get a diploma. Okay. Mm. So I thought, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm going to learn a lot nevertheless. And, you know, it's going to take me somewhere nevertheless. Okay. And did you grow up Roman Catholic? Yeah. Okay. Did it resonate with you? Not at all. I think I did. It didn't. It didn't grasp me. It didn't give me the answers that I needed. There were a lot of for me uh, contradictions. Okay. And there was a lot of. Uh, I felt that people going to church were superficial. They were there to show. That they were there, they weren't there to pray, and a lot of them, I think, they weren't really connected to the deeper level, you know. Yeah. Um, kind of, you know, if you go to church to gossip, that doesn't make <laughs> yeah, sense, exactly. you know. <laughs> so 
I think that was my experience and also, you know, going to, you know, after school we'll go to church, you know, to learn about the Catholic faith and uh, I don't know, I always, I didn't have, I, I, I could actually build out of resentment and I, I felt really disconnected, you know. Okay. Mm. And were your parents really, really devout Roman Catholic? Uh, they were, even though that I think that down there, down below, there was a lot of, also for them, you know, it was more like a cultural thing okay. than a spiritual thing. Yeah. And, but, you know, I leave it to them to, to say that, you know, for me it was more yes. like a cultural thing, you know. Okay. We had no options, you know, in Italy. <laughs> Catholic or Catholic. <laughs> exactly. And do they know that you've stepped away from the Catholic Church? They did. Uh, my sister and I did the same thing. Okay. We, we both, my sister is a Buddhist and I basically slowly like left, you know, I think I went on a spiritual anorexic journey because I didn't find, you know, I couldn't place this God, you know, that they, that they you know, show me in the, or that they wanted portrayed with a Catholic uh, church, you know. Okay. So I couldn't relate to somebody that I couldn't see or somebody that I, you know, I don't know. Was Okay. And you call it a spiritual anorexic journey. Mm-hmm. Am I correct if I say that I'm hearing that you try to break spiritual anorexia by going on a journey, but you haven't really found the answer yet? Or are you moving closer to something that... I think uh, I'm moving closer to myself and whatever is creation. And because I'm in touch more with the creation, I think I'm getting closer to the idea of... uh, you know, or I'm getting closer to spiritual journey, or what is uh, my understanding of God, you know. Okay. So the only thing that I can see, I can't see God, but I can see creation. And for me, creation is a big thing, you know. I see nature, I see humans, I see uh, universe, I don't know. If, if the more I'm in touch with yeah. that, the more I'm in touch with something that is spiritual journey. Also I see the results of being closer to also myself and understanding myself that I, I see the benefits. Okay. You know, before I couldn't see benefits. Yeah. You arrived as an African in 2005. So we were like in 11 years into the new South Africa and everything that goes like with that. And what happened for you when you arrived here? Do you immediately arrive and say, wow, I want to be here, I want to stay here? Because you arrived, you, you came for a holiday. I came, yes, with a holiday and looking around and see if I could possibly stay. Okay, so, so the intention was to look for, for a possible new home. <laughs> yeah, the idea okay. was to leave Italy and perhaps going somewhere else. That was, you know, so I was thinking either South America or... Africa. Okay. Yeah. And is your sister still in Italy? Yeah. Okay. Still with my parents. So you are, you completely broke away from the family. And what's the feeling that comes up for me is, how did you deal with being so far away from your family and alone in a strange country? How old were you then, if I may ask such a personal question? When I left, I was, I was 13 years ago, I was 31. 
Okay. But it was enough. It was nothing new because I was in London and I moved to London when I was about 20, 21. Okay. Yeah. So you were in London already on your own for about 10 years? For and four years, yeah. Okay. What did you do in London? Um, I washed a lot of dishes. <laughs> okay. And trying to learn. So do what, do whatever. English. Yeah. Okay. So is that where you learned English? Yeah, I've learned English. Because there. I wanted to ask you earlier because you speak very good English. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say the pronunciation, but no, that's that's arbitrary. Mm. But your 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 grasp of the language is really good. Mm. And did you take formal classes, or did you just kind of learn by speaking to people, listening? Mainly speaking to people, yeah. Okay. Because in Italy you do a lot of the grammar, which helps a lot. But then you don't get the yeah. You know, you're not exposed to the language. If you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. It's, so it doesn't help that they teach you the, the, the grammar. It's like I did German in school, mm-hmm. but that was, oh my God, this is long ago. And I can't remember a bloody thing about it. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I haven't used it since then. Yeah. Yeah. Like my husband did German at school as well, but he, he, can speak, he can speak it. And the reason why is he watches German television. Um, he watches German movies and German um, stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I get the idea that you would have lost the English in Italy. So now you arrive in South Africa and in Cape Town. Yeah. Okay. And it wasn't really love at the first sight. I was I was blown away by you know the whole beach life, the whole the city. But the 2005 was a slow city. It wasn't what it is now. Okay. There were not much offers. There weren't clubs. There weren't uh, restaurants. So it was you know compared to Europe, there was not much here. Okay. So it was still in transition. Now is another city, definitely another city. Okay. So now you see more of even in terms of food, the variety and etc. You you get much more than you used to. So the beginning wasn't really I think love at the first sight. It took some time. Also the culture was very different for me. I see myself not necessarily only just an, as an Italian, but more like a Latin person. So I had to face another different culture or many other different cultures and they were not really connected to mine so yeah. even on the white community it was mainly the Afrikaners and, and I or British and I didn't feel <laughs> completely connected to that there was something yeah. that was dif- very different far away from, from my culture even though I, I understand that they are Europeans and even if they are African because they grew up here yeah. they still have a lot of the European uh, Traditions yes. and, and history, um, and we lack we lack the passion. Mm. I, I'm not sure about that. You think know, so. I think it might be a myth, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. There is some way to express yourself or explain that. You know, it was foreign to me. I'm actually get grasping it more now, the culture, and it might have been a block that I had, not necessarily the people. You know, mm. so I just needed to figure out. You know how. The different ethnic groups here, uh, yeah, I think it was more an understanding of openness okay. for me to to that to something different, you know. Okay. So it was a bit of a battle at the beginning, but I think now you know I'm very you know I've got amazing friends. I've got a lot of you know from yeah from all over South Africa, so it's yeah. quite amazing. I love Italy. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's definitely one of my absolute favorite favorite holiday destinations. Mm-hmm. I've been to Venice twice, mm-hmm. and a lot of people freak out, but I absolutely love Venice, and not for romantic type of thing. It just I've had such good experiences there. Mm. Um, Florence, oh my word, I adore Florence. It's like walking around in a in an art gallery. Mm-hmm. While I found Barcelona walking walk like walking around an art piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Barcelona as as well. Um, but Rome didn't really resonate with me. And then I spent some time in Tuscany, which was lovely. Mm-hmm. I had one of the most amazing experiences in Assisi. Mm-hmm. It was a year after that earthquake yep. that collapsed the whole dome. Mm-hmm. We went with a friend of ours and we went for dinner. You, you park outside the city and you walk in the city, the town, mm-hmm. and you walk in and after the dinner, as we walked back, we had to walk through a field. There were trees and stuff and suddenly we were caught in a swarm of fireflies and we just stood there surrounded by thousands or millions awesome. of fireflies. It was such an amazing feeling. <laughs> it was it was so beautiful. That was something I'll never ever forget. It's an amazing um, and of course the lemon ice cream. A day a day in Italy without ice cream would have been a waste today. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love the Italian culture. I, I love this whole um, um, dolce vita type of mm. just embrace life type mm. of thing. Do you miss that? Do you miss it? Um, I must be sincere, not much. Okay. I understand the beauty of Italy, uh, the food, the architecture, and I've got a family there. But at the same time, I feel a bit tight there. Okay. Yeah. Did you grow up in a small town? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So so that, that could be a lot of it for you, that you didn't have that big town exposure and wing in it is it middle south north and north east next to venice very close okay. to venice, oh, nice. venice. Mm-hmm. and i love the mm-hmm. oh como and those places beautiful mm-hmm. no for me Italy is amazing so now you arrive in cape town and you decide to stay mm-hmm. what made you decide to stay uh well i got a proposal for a job okay so i just I was like, okay, let me buy time and stay here and, and, and I work with a friend of mine. Um, and I've been working in his shop, it was a clothing store for about a year. And then I decided I had to move on. And um, yeah, I just resigned. I went, uh, and then I, the next thing, I didn't have a job, I just went. I decided with my Honda under 25cc. <laughs> and my girlfriend at the time to leave and go to the Karoo for New Year's Eve. So we went to um, the little Karoo, the plain Karoo, and we spent some time there. And then when I came back, I started to study event management. And uh, later on, I started um, as a tourist guide. Okay. And... Um, Did you go and do the whole course? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that was a bit of, you know, so I was bar, working on, on, on a little bar for a while and uh, I still had contacts with a friend of mine you know, that was the owner of the bar, that is an amazing person. And um, yeah, I decided to, to, to work there because I had the chance also to study and to work at okay. the same time. 
So yeah, that was the, the beginning. Then I got the chance to work with a friend of mine in the tourism business by okay. guiding some of the students from America that used to, they used to bring down. And also to go to the States, I used to bring product to the United States in California and travel with my friend in California. And nice. uh, that was like when I saw the chance, you know, also to, to, to travel there and also to start to enter tourism. Okay. Mm. And what did you think of California specifically? It was mind-blowing experience because we would stay there for three months and oh, travel wow. a lot. So it was a very tough work. A lot of uh, work, like hours and hours of work, but at the same time we had the opportunity to meet. So you were trying to people. sell South Africa to, to, the, to the Americans, was that the work that you... We'll bring products to, uh, to the States that will be uh, art, uh, African okay. art in the States, and then we'll come back with uh, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, Afro-American clients and uh, that will meet in the different markets where we used to sell African art and the jazz or art um, events. Okay. And then we'll come back um, and bring back, you know, also students, you know. They will study at UCT and I will take them around in nightlife or up the mountains or all around, you know. Cape okay. Mm -hmm. And arriving in Africa being in a complete different culture and spiritual space. Mm -hmm. Was there any form of spiritual enlivenment for you or, or, or were you just absorbed by, by all the other things that was going on for you? I think I was really absorbed and I'm dealing, I'm actually more in touch now with the spirit, the spirituality here in, in, in Africa. You know, I've been always attracted by kind of uh, spirituality in Africa, but it was more connected to the Yoruba culture okay. in Nigeria. Um, Why specifically Nigeria? Uh, because um, I've been always in touch with, you know, I always loved South American music and, and also I used to uh, play or uh, train uh, martial arts from Brazil called Capoeira. Okay. And with Capoeira, you know, you have a lot of the connections with Africa and a lot of the slaves that were brought from Africa to um, a lot of the people that were enslaved and then brought to, to, to South America, brought with them the traditions in South America. One of the strongest surviving traditions was the one of the Yoruba. Okay. And uh, what I like of the Yoruba culture was that... Uh, um, the symbolism that there is and also that there is each um, there is a god for different places and different uh, feelings and different uh, occasions you know and i thought that it was um it was very important because then you it brings presence and and, and a sort of ritual and a sort of uh, importance to anything that you do okay so you will have Yemanja, that will be the god of the uh, the sea and everything that the sea touches. Okay. And so, also in the capoeira, understanding, you know, if you get your first belt as a capoeirista, you will have uh, the connection of, it. there will be a meaning between you as a slave, you are brought into a new land, 
with a boat and as you touch the new land, as you touch the new territory, you come and you are protected or you are looked after Yemanja, that is the okay. god of the ocean and the, everything that touches the water. Okay, nice. So I really like that symbolism, I really like to give meaning to everything that I do. And I really struggled in my life to even celebrate my birthday. So for me to have something that brings me back to understanding that I need to celebrate, I need to, uh, you know, to be thankful for all that I have yes. uh, is really important. So I really like the connection between knowing that there is a spiritual presence in each place and you praise them, you know. You, you nice. Know, so, so I think that was really important for me. In the, I, I was really attracted by that, that kind of spirituality. Cool. What does that, that martial art entail? What's it called? Capoeira. Capoeira. What does that entail? What, what is it? So capoeira is a kind of a fight slash dance. It's nearly like in a mock fight, but it's a beautifully... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of music playing also while you do it, yes. am I right? Yeah. yeah. So you play a lot of drumming, drums, yes. the pandero, that is like a tambourine, and then the berimbau, that is the instruments that they use also here in South Africa, especially the women, Rosa. Zulu, they played. Oh, he does the click. Uh-huh. You go, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do the click. <laughs> I'm sure they did that type of martial art at the observatory community center at some stage. Yes, there was the group of Abada there. Okay, so, cool, yeah. Because when I went to NA meetings there some nights, they, we had to wait for them to finish before we could, we could go into the, mm. into the hall. And mm. I loved watching them. It, it looked beautiful. What attracted me, it, it looked rhythmic, it looked um, engaging, mm-hmm. and, and that, that, that's what I really liked about it. Not that I ever would think of doing it. Now you're in Africa and you do the, the American touristy things, but now you, you, you work for yourself, am I correct? Now I work for myself, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. How long ago did you go on your own? Uh, so I've been freelancing for about 10 years, and then four years ago I opened a company. Okay. with my partner and then we started to to deal with our own clientele you know okay and the purpose of the company is inbound tourism into South Africa I would say that is what we do not the purpose okay <laughs> okay what's the purpose uh, I think the purpose like when I try to see why I do what I do I think is I started to think a lot about recently, you know, and I grew up in a really, in a very biased environment, full of bias, you know, prejudice. And so I grew up in the north of Italy in a small town, which is known to be very fascist as well. So there was always, uh, if there was a black person, you know, and I remember there was one black person in, 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 in my village, you know, you would have a lot of preconceived, you know, yeah. thoughts about, you know, what it is, you know, you'll have an idea, even though you had no idea, yes. you thought that you had an idea, you know, so, and at a certain point in my life, I decided that I will go to London exactly to, to, to learn a language and also because it would put me in touch with many people. And I always said that I had the desire to meet other people, to get to know other cultures, you know, I'm 
and um, even though I never started, I really somehow I think if I had to go back and study something, I really like anthropology. I like music, and I like musical anthropology, and I like anthropology, sociology cool. because it's got to do about a lot about people. Yeah, I did my honors in sociology. Is it? Yeah, that's amazing. Many many years ago, I can't remember a bloody thing, but anyway. <laughs> story of my life I can't remember a bloody thing okay sorry I interrupted you there no that's fine yeah so I think for me it was a healing space to be in touch with more cultures you know in South Africa to find answers and and to to meet people and to come to my own conclusion by meeting people and call them by name not cool. by race not by color okay. not by where they are from etc you know so you, you you made a decision you made a conscious decision to break through the prejudice yeah knowledge about the cultures where your your tool of breaking through the prejudice understand what you're dealing with know get the knowledge get the understanding yeah okay to try cool. to understand you know to be more on the same level and, and to understand that we all humans you know we all have to carry our own cross yeah if I can use Catholic <laughs> Uh, oh, it sticks, eh? Hey? <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that that was amazing. And if I can, uh, a lot of the tourists here, they come here with ideas of what other people is. And South Africa especially, he struggle with the healing process. Yeah. Uh, so South African struggles because they don't only struggle between blue, pink, yellow people or stuff. They, only, they struggle also between, within Africa to have an understanding of Pan-Africanism. Absolutely. So, you know, the, we have a lot of prejudice between Zimbabweans, people from Nigeria, people from this side or that side of Africa, you know. Yeah, I thought that for me to bring, to do tours that are more connected to the land, but also to the people that live here and expose clients, uh, guests to South Africans and South Africans to people from all over the world you know the result will be that you meet a person you go to a person for example in, in Europe there are a lot of difficulties with the, is there is Islamophobia you know and there are it seems like that every Islamic person is a terrorist you know yeah. for me it's amazing to bring somebody from Europe and take them here to have a Cape Malay meal yes. with somebody that can teach you about Quran and you can see also where the Quran for example and the Bible can speak the same language yes. you know so that we can see what we have in common not yeah. what we don't have in common okay you know? so at the human level we all struggle you know when we see that struggle um, we get a bit more we are more compassionate about one another you know yeah and and also we see that we are closer than who we are what we think we are more similar in the than we are different yeah. yeah so i'm working towards that 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 on my company you know to bring more that i think that gives me a purpose big enough for me to say okay it's not just about you know taking people from a to b from b yeah. to c that's exactly why i'm sitting here frowning because the, the feeling i'm getting is that you know so many tourist companies say we sell an experience Mm-hmm. But what they're selling is a sightseeing experience. Mm-hmm. But what I'm hearing from you is you, you're really 
into getting people to experience Africa in a real way. Come and don't come and see Africa, come and meet the people. Mm. Come and con- con- connect connect soul to soul, make eyeball to eyeball contact between people and get that connection. Mm. Don't stand on the mountain and say, oh my God, it's beautiful, take three pictures, turn around and fuck off. Mm. <laughs> that, that, that type of thing, am I right? Uh, you know, everything is real for me. So, you know, even to go to Cape Point, to go up Table Mountain is real. But for me, it's not enough what I can give. I know that I can give much more and I can receive much more. So, I know that I'm in the right place if I feel uncomfortable with the place, not if I feel comfortable. Okay. If I feel comfortable means that I'm stuck to who I, where I am, who I am, the same all over and over. Okay. If I am uncomfortable, I'm challenging myself to question you know, my beliefs yeah. and that is growth for me. Yes. So, so it's a constant process of growth for you? That- yeah, so, so if, if I can do the same, so if for me being uncomfortable or being, you know, out of my, yeah, being out of my comfort zone is, uh, make, uh, help me to grow, I hope that I can do the same for other people. You know? Okay. That doesn't mean that I bring them in places that are dangerous, dodgy yeah. or anything. You know, that sometimes, you know, even if there is, people are uncomfortable with silence, you know, and sometimes where you meet people and you never use, you know, it's not your best body where you can, and especially yeah. if somebody that listens to one type of music, you listen to the other, you know, you can't speak about music. Mm. So there is silence, for example, but uh, that silence sometimes is where thing, where the magic happens, you know. So th- that sort of uncomfortability that I'm talking about yeah. is uncomfortable by knowing that you need to go an extra mile, an extra step to get closer to a conversation, to break the ice, to try to create dialogue, you know, yes. with another person. And also to hear opinions that they are not what you would like to hear, yes. you know. You're not there to have somebody that reminds you what you think. You are there <laughs> to have somebody yes, like to challenge you about yes. what you think, you know. Yeah. Interesting that the, 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 the silence thing, because my husband studied in Finland. He stayed there for eight years, mm-hmm. on and off. And he says a very interesting about the Finnish culture is they're a silent culture. They don't talk a lot. They, they don't believe really in small talk. Mm-hmm. You either say something that's valuable or you shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he says it's, you can go to people for dinner and you can have very, very long silences. Mm-hmm. That will freak me out. I've learned to, to become silent with myself and within myself. But the natural thing when you're with somebody is to open your mouth and make small talk, which I hate. I, I'm not good with small talk. But still, I think it will freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird thing to think there's a culture of silence. <laughs> anyway, so do you in your company do everything, the marketing, because you also take the tours out? Yeah. Okay. So I normally guide as well but uh, I'm trying to stay more in the office to to take care of other parts of the company and also I realized that I cannot do everything on my own there is my partner you know but the two of us now need support to expand okay. you know the idea of the company the idea of uh, you know being able to do 
marketing of the company, which is a full the bookkeeping job. and yeah. the mm. you know the, the the creative side. So I'm just moving more to the creative side. Oh, so cool. I'm trying to, to push to that which side. Which you've been trying for. Which you've been trained for ultimately. Digital In, marketing the not really, you know, I think everything is kind of new for me. Okay. Where I'm stepping now. So it's a bit scary as well. And But you learn through being scared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it's also there to push my boundaries yeah. to say, you know, this is uncomfortable, maybe I'm the right yeah. place as well, you know, even even in terms of my company. And uh it's pushing also the self worth, you know. Because yes. You know, you know that you know what to do there, but am I creative enough? Am I, am I gonna make it? Am I? So there is a lot of self doubt sometimes. But you know, funny enough, I did last last week. You know, with my partner, a sketch of what we're doing now, and what we're supposed to do, and what is blocking us yeah, cool. from doing what we do. And and it was funny because I put, uh, you know, the bookkeeping, the consult consulting with the clients and the uh, all the mundane work on the right side and then on the left I say the creative side you know and on top I say this is what the owner is supposed to do of the company mm. but this is what he's doing now he's doing all the rest yeah, by the creative okay, yeah. part you know and what is stopping us and on the left side where the creative side is is that stuff that will fulfill me you know okay. that that feed my needs, yeah. you know. On the other side, the bookkeeping and the consulting, etc., doesn't feed my needs anymore, you know, yeah. doesn't, you know, so that what stops me from being creative is just my structure, of course, yeah. but also my self-worth. Yes. So I need to believe to mm. be connected to my spiritual side as well. To believe that I can do it, you know, I can, yeah. I deserve, and I can do it to be more on the creative side and push the boundary on that side yes. because that is where my needs are met. Yeah. As opposed to do all what I did so far, which I feel like sometimes is a burden, you know, to do that. Absolutely. Because my needs are not met. Yes. You know, and why am I not doing the, the mm. why am I not jumping on the other side? Yeah. Because sometimes it's Sometimes and we can so easily get stuck in that even though I don't really enjoy doing this I'm doing it and I'm now good at it so I can just, just as well continue doing it and I love that saying that says the difference between a groove and a grave is the depth <laughs> and we, we so easily fall into a groove and before we realize that we're in a grave and then mm. we really flip and struggle to get out of it mm. so it sounds if you realize you're in a groove and if you don't get out now you're going to be fucked Mm. So, <laughs> so I'm happy to hear that. Right now, what is your concept of spirit, spirituality for you? Mm. I think uh, the closest thing, even if I'm not a Buddhist, uh, but I really like the concept that, you know, cause and effect. Where I put my energy, you know, I see results, you know, in a, in a, in a way. So I need really to work on, and for me, when I do something that meet my needs and makes me feel good yeah. then I'm doing something that is spiritually good for me as opposed to doing something that then I'm create resentment for me mm. doesn't it doesn't feel right it goes against my uh, morals yes. you know and I think the morals it has to do with me feeling good about myself or not good about myself I think 
it is between the realization of all that is being created and being present and see, be amazed but you know, all that is created, you know, yeah. bigger than I am, or that I'm part of it as well, even though it's not bigger than I am. And also to do something that is, like you say, so if it's bringing me positive results, bringing happiness, then I know that is I'm on a, on a spiritual yeah. journey, you know. Okay. I cannot see something, I struggle to see something that is necessarily bigger than, than myself, but I'm, I, 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 I can see that I'm part of something bigger. Okay. You know, so, you know, cool. that makes me, you know, being still part of something, not detached like I was feeling before, okay. like the catechism, that there was a God there, yes. and I was miles away from God, you know. So also a, a concept of connection. Connection, yes. Yes. I always do it, I always say this is the last question, it's not, there's something I want to ask you about. Mm -hmm. You've got funny little jars with funny little things in, mm -hmm. and not like in, uh, in a lab laboratory where there's an eye or a finger or something, it's mm -hmm. like, it looks like grassy, sticky type of things. Mm -hmm. And you've got also some, some bundles of stuff that mm -hmm. I can see you, that you burn. Mm -hmm. what, what are those? Uh, there are all sorts of herbs that I collected, uh, pieces of wood that I collected from different uh, people in, in between Namibia and South Africa. Uh, there are different purposes. Some of the plants are used as a perfume or cleansing or you know to clean the, the body, like a lot of the, the ones on the jar that they are from the Himba people, and the other one on the big big container, uh, those are all the uh, stuff that are collected by uh, the Sakrastas here in, uh, in Cape Town, so a lot of the descendants of the Koi Koi, okay. they collect and they still use, so some of the herbs are used uh, more than others, some others are still have to figure out how to use it, but I really like the tradition of the herbs, and uh, I guess for me, you know, is I'm collecting now. I still don't know what I'm gonna do with it. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. But is uh, I'm I'm very fascinated about you know how people use some of the herbs for rituals and some of the herbs for medicinal purposes okay. or some of the herbs just to cleanse. To be sincere, I still have to figure out why I'm so attracted to collect that. I just know that when I came back, for example, from Namibia, I did come out with all these bags that I collected from Fabulous. the people and I had to find out later it was a mission to find out what the names of each plant are because you find you don't find books or you don't find anything yeah. with those sort of herbs of the Hindus. So, so I, I have you know maybe in a year time or two years time I'll tell you <laughs> you can have why, another why did I collect it I have no idea. Fabulous. Well, it, 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 the feeling that I get is there is a purpose. All you need to know is, is find out what the purpose will be. Yeah. And that's part of your path. Yeah. And that's awesome. More will be revealed. Exactly. Fabulous. <laughs> Massimo, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. I know it's a Saturday, but well, Saturday afternoon. And um, you all have something to do, but I really appreciate it. Thanks. Sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. I still find it funny that Massimo sounds so serious during this chat. I thoroughly enjoyed the time I spent with him and love how he is redefining his sense of spirit now that he is in Africa.
I'm always fascinated how often I learn a lot about local culture from non-South Africans. It is as if visitors look at our lives with different eyes and see things we have either become too accustomed to recognize or appreciate. It is during conversations like this when I get to see how much I miss out on by looking at life through the same old glasses. Massimo helped me to see life through new glasses, and for that I'm grateful. I think it can be very entertaining, enlightening, educational and spiritual to see Cape Town and Southern Africa through his eyes. I hope to join him on one of his tours one day. I wish him all of the best with his business as well as with getting knowledge about his new herb collection. If you want to know what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website which is www.freddy.org.za or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor or Freddy van Rensburg or on Twitter at at Rensburg Freddy or on Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. I want to thank Massimo for his time and lovely energy. Thank you for your listening. Be safe. Bye.